Why do you love it so much? I think if you own your own business, you have to be prepared to take risks. Being a woman doesn't hold you back from achieving success. Yep, so if you're struggling, just stop and pause and, and really reflect on why am I struggling here. But I've also worked really hard and telling me it's luck, I think, just takes away some of that recognition of the hard work. One last question. Welcome to Tea with the Queen, a show where I talk with some of my favourite go-getters, inspiring and courageous women in leadership and business. I'm your host, Emma McQueen. I'm a business coach, executive coach, author and speaker. And for 20 years, I've been working with women to unlock their potential and get paid their worth while doing work they love. Sophie Cost is someone who loves her work. Every day she helps homeowners with their interior design. She gets a real kick out of educating people about modern trends and how to use the space in their home to reflect their personalities. Sophie is director and lead designer of My Beautiful Abode. And she's as busy as ever making homes beautiful. I asked Sophie what got her interested in interior design. When I was in grade two, our teacher at the end of the school year gave everybody a notepad in the shape of a pencil. It was really cool. Just, you know, <laughs> I, I thought it was wonderful. And I have such a vivid memory of drawing a picture of a cave for a rabbit and its family and drawing the furniture in there and the artwork over here and the spice rack in the kitchen and drawing deeper into the bedroom. And you, I was fascinated. And I feel like that's always been there, that there's the things that you could do with an interior have just been interesting to me always. So I straight out of high school went to RMIT and did interior design and decoration and I've jumped through the industry in different areas. So I worked for an architect doing CAD and one of my early jobs was working for a sofa, high-end sofa retailer. I've worked in fabric wholesale, I've worked in fabric retail, I've worked for curtain manufacturer and... Uh, after almost 20 years in the industry, I had babies mm-hmm. and that was time for me to start my own business. Actually, my sister wanted me to decorate her newly renovated house, so I had to go get an ABN and off I go. I know. <laughs> it's amazing because you don't often hear of people who really know what they want to do from such a young age. So, And it sounds like, I mean, you've got years and years of experience now, which is mm. awesome and um, it sounds like you've really played to your strengths and your passion the entire time. Lucky, so aren't I? You're so lucky. <laughs> well, I don't know if luck. I don't know if it's about luck. Do you know what? Not all of it has been the best. I've t- um, it's such an, a varied industry. So I've you know tried out different areas of the industry and found my passion within it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, a leading question, perhaps. What does one's home reflect on who they are? It should tell the story of the people in the house. So the house should have a feeling of their history, what they're into, who lives there and how they live. So telling a story of the occupants of the house. Yes. Yeah. So I have a client at the moment who has just returned from living overseas for several years. They lived in different parts of Europe and I feel it's been really important to show some of the 
history about the, this family. So they have some artwork of, um, so they were in Paris, they have artwork that is pictures of the map of the city that we are going to have directly as you enter into the house so that it gives you a clue as to who they are. But then when you move into the living room, it's not shouting, we were Parisians. <laughs> it's um, I've pulled the colours from that artwork into the selections in the interior so that there's a sense of flow. And that, again, that story, but it's not shouting at you all the time. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So basically you're, you think about how you weave all the elements together throughout the house without it being, is gaudy even a word? Gaudy? What's that word I'm trying to think of? I don't want it to be too obvious. It needs to be comfortable because they're not the same people they were then. They're who they are now. So it needs to be flexible and evolving. I have some clients who I decorated their houses, uh, what, four years ago. And it's really lovely to go back to their house and see that everything's exactly where it was when (laughs) I left. So I beautifully styled. But then I go to other clients who have taken what I have done with them and they've slowly built in and added to the story of who they are and that brings me much more joy to see that they've got the confidence now to make those choices to be able to move forward with their interior. And what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes people make with their home's interiors? Doing nothing. (laughs) Okay. Um, Last week I was at a client who uh, has been living in the space for probably six months and it looked like they were camping. There was no art on the wall or they had popped some art on the wall that was just on the existing hooks. So it was in the wrong spot and the spaces didn't have purpose. So you stepped into the room. It's like, is this a play area or an entry? So we talked through how they want to use the space, what purpose that area could have and how it um, can be used well rather than looking like they're camping out. Yeah. And what does it what does it do for people who have a space like that when they're just it looks like they're just camping out? What does it do for their mindsets? What oh. does it do for them as people? It's miserable. <laughs> I mean, it sounds it's, miserable. It, 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 it really just you know, home is where the heart is, and all of those sayings. They haven't claimed the space yet. They they look like they're going to move out soon. They look like they might be house sitting as opposed to it being their space. And why do you think people don't why do you think people move into somewhere and look like they're camping? Is it a fear of not knowing what to do? Absolutely. Or is there something else to it? Fear of making an expensive mistake. Okay. And does it all have to be an expense? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you then help people redesign their spaces or their homes? How does it work? So with the people that I visited last week, we had a workshop just for an hour mm-hmm. and we brainstormed all the things that I thought that they could do in the space and I helped them to see what it could do and how they could use the space. And I know that they were buying furniture at the end of the day. Like they were had a clear direction and knew what to look for and how to do it. So they were, they were okay. Yeah. So it sounds like part of your job is providing clarity. Absolutely. It all comes back to clarity yeah. in this podcast. <laughs> um, and so, so someone will engage you because they know that they need help, but they don't know what help they specifically need. So you take them through a process in order for them to get clear and then make some decisions. Is that how it works? Yes, pretty much. Mostly I work with couples. 
So that's two people that you need to have clarity with and who have different tastes and different life experiences and different expectations. So there's a lot of, it feels like therapy. I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> when, I, when I'm in a, an appointment, my focus is so on, you know, the nuances of fo- facial expressions and folding arms over chests and people not being able to articulate what they like but knowing what they don't like mm. and filtering through it all and reading the situation, yeah. Wow, so it's a real art and science. Who would have thought interior design would be such a complicated... <laughs> it's, it's it's really know, getting to know the, the people in the room. Yeah, yeah. And trends come and go. How do you know what's hot and what's not? Does it matter? And what's trending now? It's okay to have trends, it's okay to introduce those seasonal pieces and it's happening more and more frequently now that um, fashion in interiors is um, not a fast fashion, but, you know, you could go down to Kmart and grab a lamp with a marble base because marble tabletops are really fashionable at the moment. Um, and that's okay. But I don't think it's a problem for trends. I think that you can weave it in with the, the classic pieces and you can be prepared to move things on. So is it kind of like a personal stylist? They say, really, you need to fit your body shape, not necessarily focus on a trend. You can have some trend pieces, but actually it's about what do you like to wear and what does your body shape say? Is it kind of like that? Yeah, it's really to each person. So I'm helping a client at the moment who's an older gentleman and current trends are not going to suit his personality, his aesthetic. He needs very much a classic look to him. So I have to tailor it to each client. I was at another client yesterday who she wants wallpaper. So that's quite a fashion item at the moment. So Is it wallpaper? Oh, it's huge. Yes. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but something that I do is a removable wallpaper because um, if you want to change your mind in two years' time, Everyone, there's a lot of people that are scarred by the 70s wallpaper removal experience. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I wonder, are people still scarred by that burnt orange um, timber top of, is it laminate? Laminate. Do you know what, orange, burnt, burnt orange is my, my one of my first questions I ask people when we start a conversation about colour. Why? <laughs> How do you feel about orange? And some people go, oh, I love colour. Yes. And other people go, oh no, we had a kitchen like that when I was a child. So again, it's that history of... That's People's cool. experiences, yeah, yeah. The people have real emotional responses to colour. What other questions do you ask to kind of get them talking about what they do and don't like? Ah, so I talk about who's living in the space, how they plan on using the spaces. Um, if it's a living room, we talk about is there a TV going to be in the space and or are you going to have it more of a, as a conversational area? I often will pull out a, an art catalogue mm-hmm. and look at, Watch them look at pictures of art yes, <laughs> in the okay. catalogue. So they they will flick through whole sections. Um, some people will have a, a really intense response to looking at pictures of animals. It's like, why would you put an animal on your wall? <laughs> and then other people go, oh, can't stand abstract or I need landscape. And it, choosing an art, very uh, a type of art early on or a key piece of art early on in the process helps me help them make decisions moving through the process. Yeah. Do you help them choose, let's say they want a piece of art, do you help them choose the piece of art and then you wrap everything around that piece of art? Often. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Because it 
is usually a very unique thing in the room and it's often something colourful. So it's a, all these cues come out of it. There's, there'll be a, a type of, if it's a painting, it'll be a type of brush stroke with a curve to it or um, straight lines or what, whatever. And then I like to go on and repeat those things within the room so that there's a sense of flow within that room and then I do that to the next room so it has continues on flowing through. Hmm. So creative. I wish I had some kind of that creativity in my little finger. <laughs> um, a lot of older homes have smaller rooms and some new inner city apartments can also be quite small. What can homeowners do to make the most of the space they have? Using the vertical space. So that might be a big piece of art on the wall. You were asking earlier about whether there's some mistakes people make and often it might be that they have something on the wall that's too small or too high. So having a focal point that might draw your eye up through the room, it might be a plant hanging from the ceiling or a tall plant beside a piece of furniture. It could be a floor lamp. So the idea being that when you look through the room, you have a journey for your eye as you work your way around the room. There's places things to look at but there's things in between that are empty so that there's a real journey for the eye. That's so cool that's a good tip. Um, A home for a couple or a single without kids can be much different to a home with rugrats running around (laughs) or kids. What would make a difference to home design? It might be the materials that we use that are being more practical for a family so if we're specifying a dining table you're not going to choose a raw oak (laughs) because <laughs> when you spill that red cordial on it, or, mm-hmm. well, when you spill the red wine on it, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it'll be ruined. So there's definitely the material choice makes a big difference. So it needs to be practical. In fact, I think a lot of the choices are practical for an interior. It just doesn't necessarily look that way. It might look sophisticated, but there will be some real um, practical choices in there. Um, so, you know, I might choose a coffee table that's round, so that little children that are learning to walk aren't going to bump their head, that sort of thing. So it's functional and and it can be sophisticated and functional. Absolutely. Because I think that's one of the things that people think. They have to either have a functional home or a nice-looking home. Like they don't see that you've got a choice to blend the two. Do you come across that? Um, my my husband and I have this ongoing disagreement about scatter cushions. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are both beautiful and functional. And he just thinks they breed. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Can you help me understand how a scatter cushion is functional? (laughs) So for me, uh, so he's quite tall. I know I'm tall, but he's quite tall. Um, So I need it behind my back to sit in the chair more comfortably. Whereas for him, it's just an annoyance that it's in the way. Wow. Mm. I'd Mm. never thought of looking at scatter cushions like that. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, and who are your clients or why do they come to you? Um, that's a really hard one. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to talk yourself up. <laughs> Usually they've seen my portfolio online. Okay. And they like the feeling that they see, that it evokes. And then we start a conversation and work out whether we can work together. And off we go. Your website is beautiful. Thank you. And it does show off your skills and um, passion. Have you said no to working with any potential clients and why? Yes, I have. It felt very brave at the time. (laughs) 
So um, I do work for an architect who needs me to specify interior selections for renovations or new builds. And he has introduced me to some clients who I've met with who we clearly clash in style and what we want to achieve out of the space. So I went to their house and had a great conversation with them and they were lovely people, but stylistically it it wasn't a match and the way we communicated with each other wasn't going to be a match either. So I went home and sent the architect an email saying, I don't think it's going to be a good match. I went and had a chat with the architect and while I was in the chat with the architect the next day, he received an email from the client going, don't think we're going to be a good match. It's so so good that you can do that though. Yes. It was a real relief. It's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to... It was really going to be a stretch to, to achieve what they needed. Yeah. It's interesting because I think the more that you are in business and the more that you know yourself well and your skills and expertise, the more courage you feel about saying no to the wrong client yep. because it's one, your reputation and two, your relationship with your architect and your relationship with them. Yep. Uh, and so I think sometimes we're frightened as business owners to say no to clients but I, from my own experience, if I take a client on and I have an inkling that they're not aligned to me, I immediately regret it when I start working with them. Yep. So it's about how do you listen to your gut? It's really interesting because it's not just about interior design, right? Your job is at the end of the day to make a house or a space aesthetically pleasing, but it's also about the art and science and the relationships and all the other stuff that Absolutely. goes into it. Yeah. 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 It's fascinating. I mean, you obviously enjoy what you do. Do you think that's the secret to your success? I think so. <laughs> um, I think getting results, that is so satisfying and seeing that people are enjoying the spaces and getting to that feeling, so lots of feelings involved, that I think is a big part of it as well. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. And I loved your practical tips about the vertical in the small places of vertical. Can you leave us with a couple of practical tips on if people are looking around their home now that they're listening to our podcast going, well, this is a bit bland. <laughs> What's a couple of tips that they could implement straight away which are not really expensive but you might have in the back of your mind? Um, creating a sense of flow through a house is not a difficult thing to do. Well, I don't think so. So if you have a colour that you're quite passionate about, you could repeat that through spaces or it could be a shape or a material. Lots of people have black frames on things at the moment. You could, um, or door handles on kitchens and so forth. You could repeat that in different ways in d- different rooms. So that, that one, I think, is really easy just to get that sense of flow. Yeah, I love that. Mm. And how, would, how do people find you? My business is My Beautiful Abode and it's um, very searchable at the moment. So I have a website. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. LinkedIn, all those fun things. (laughs) And are you finding that with uh, our current situation of COVID-19 that people, because they're spending more time in their house, they're noticing more wrong with it or they're noticing that it needs a bit of an upgrade? Definitely noticing that. So I have a client that I'm just starting to work with at the moment. She's got a beautiful home. but She's spending all day, every day there at the moment. She just wants to finish it off, but she's not sure how. So... We've started the process of finding all those finishing touches that make the space work better. 
Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. It's really important when you're working from home and, and there's no end in sight necessarily. Mm. Do you know what has been interesting is that people that have heard about the government incentive to spend money on renovations, it's just been launched this week, and I'm already getting inquiries and I'm really nervous about the type of person that is out looking at the moment because they're motives aren't the same as a lot of my clients. Yeah, it doesn't feel genuine to me. It's just, oh, I'm going to get some free money. Let's spend it. Let's spruce up the house. Yeah. I know. It's kind of cool, though. I didn't know that that was yeah, out there. Yeah, there's, yeah. Very, so cool. very interesting, but um, I think it will be a minefield as well. Yeah, absolutely. Tie kickers. Yeah. We do avoid those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sophie, for coming in. It's been awesome to chat to you and your listen to the wealth of experience that you bring. And hopefully some of our listeners will um, touch base with you or follow you on Instagram and see some of the beautiful work that you do. Thank you so much for having me. That's Sophie Cost. That's it for this episode of Tea with the Queen. If you love this episode, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And you're very welcome to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us with promoting the podcast for others to listen to inspirational topics on leadership and business. If you want to contact me directly, all the details are at my website, emmamcqueen.com.au. It's also where you can find my new book, Go Getter, in which I share practical tips to take control of your life. Speak to you soon.